0: It's an 87th Precinct bonus episode. This is the bonus episode for the book Hail, Hail, the Gang's All Here, number 25 in the 87th Precinct series from 1971. You'll have heard us discuss it in the main episode, how it's a collection of stories over a night and a day with loads of different detectives in it, and we've explored that. We explored it to the point where we abandoned our usual trawl through uh, the year of publication in this case 1971 which we've saved for this bonus episode this time i know you're you're (laughs) desperate to hear our our pathetic attempts to guess (laughs) what's in the charts (laughs) well i say ours i mean theirs (laughs) because of course steve-o and morgan are about to be subjected to that anyway But before we do, we've got to start in our traditional format of talking about the books that we've got, the editions we've got, and the covers of the original publications of the English language versions of this book. And once again, we ostensibly have the same copy, really, don't we? We do, yeah. We do appear to. We don't have exactly the same copy.
1: No. I wonder why you were looking at them very closely. Oh, mm. I
0: don't. Full magnifying glass.
1: Well, you tell by the price? Mine's, mine was 50p.
0: Mine was 50p.
1: I can't tell, because someone, some
2: rotter has uh, scribbled it out. Oh, well, mine
0: was Australia.
2: in Australia. A main 95 cents for me. Well, mine what
0: was, was $1.50. Uh, so ours see- are the same, are they? Yeah. I can tell you, because we normally run down who the UK and US hardback and paperback publishers were and what editions. Ostensibly, we've all got first edition UK paperbacks, but different printings of. Mm -hmm. So we've got the pan editions.
1: Yeah, the more you look at it, the stranger the cover is, because it's black with an Isla police shield that seems to be... Glued to a blackboard with some marmalade. <laughs> what the hell's that supposed to be? I
0: assume that's supposed to be blood. I, I would guess it's, it's orange. Well, that might just be to do with the age, age no, of the book. No, it's not. I bet it's <laughs> orange on every single one. Orange,
1: orange, orange,
0: orange, orange, orange. The code so, word. There we go. It just looks a bit weird. I think that's more a printing reproduction. Oh, there's a blob on the shield as well. Yeah, there is. Shredless though, so it spreads easily. Yeah, so that is more
1: akin to blood, but it looks like more more like bean juice, doesn't it? Yeah, it
0: does look a little bit like um,
1: it's it's Andy, the...
0: Andy Parker's shirt front or something. Yeah, been maybe
1: a close-up. Yeah, and he's just had his lunch. Or tomato soup, because
0: that could be quite orange, <laughs> can't it? It can. It Rather can. than red. I would say, if so, anyone knows no, anything about my, heraldry, because I don't... You can see on the cover of the Pan edition a very close up of their mocked up Isola Police shield. And it's got like, so it's actually got like a coat of arms and stuff on it. So if anyone knows what that coat of arms represents.
1: You can almost make out the writing there. Have you got a magnifying glass?
0: No in this house no
1: you can almost map that out though can't some you some kind of Latin motto going on isn't there
0: it's testament to the fact that we're all getting on a bit that <laughs> we all wear glasses but we've all just done that thing where you have to lift your glasses off and move it closer to your face to try and, <laughs> try and get it into focus Well, sh- I will share a close up of that on the-, on the Twitter and Instagram feeds and if anyone can uh, tell us anything about that whether it's like a city coat of arms or anything yeah, like they that might, they might or just it's just it.
1: made up yeah, they might have just swiped it from something. Yeah, There's a guy with a, a sword. I don't think it's a New York. And a guy thing. with one of those medieval things. You know, people used to smash each other around the heads some with some kind of mace or something. Yeah, 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 that's the thing. How does it say there? It says, <laughs> uh, ha 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 <laughs> <laughs> ha ha. ha, ha. Yeah, yeah, I reckon magnifying glass would build to...
0: Well, we'll, car- we'll carry on investigating. But basically, I think Morgan has got a second printing. Indeed I have, 1974. Uh, we've got a. F- we got a third printing in
1: 1975.
0: Yeah, but they are the first edition, yes. basically, of the UK paperback. Oh, that's The Sound of a Man Huffing His Book. That's one book huffed. Ooh, that's...
1: <laughs> I think Morgan's <laughs> might... Perfume me, <laughs> that one. Yours doesn't smell of anything. Right. Mine smells old. Yours smells perfumey. Ooh. A lady's book. <laughs> Very nice.
0: Very delicate. I'll show you the covers of the other oh, editions. Always love this bit. Yeah. Right. Oh. So we've got the US hardback edition, which is quite stark. It's a fob watch with a handprint on it. What's that all about? I'm not really sure. I mean, hmm. the, the fob watch is like night and day, time passing, uh, I presume. Maybe, but yes. the handprint's a bit. I don't know. Mm.
1: Not my favourites, these, actually, compared to some we've seen. You see, there's the tomato soup covered. That's the I same suppose ours, the,
2: the problem with this novel is it doesn't present one kind of clear idea no. to uh, the, the cover artist, does it? I suppose
1: this UK hardback has kind of gone with that theme, got different shield numbers for the different uh, detectives involved, no doubt.
0: Yeah, and then the um, US paperback has basically got one, has picked one story, it's picked the Mercy Howells stabbing and has a knife thrust through a photograph and the um, the message, put on your clothes, miss.
1: I was getting really confused there because I was looking from over here and I thought it was like a, a salt shaker.
0: Oh, yes. Or, yeah, it like weighing it down a photograph. Yes, I know what you mean mm. from this angle. <laughs> so, yeah, they're not the greatest no, ones. No,
2: but, but more difficult to... Absolutely. Yeah, quite a tricky book to do justice to in a single image, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so. But, you know, it was 1971, so people were distracted by all sorts of great music could, and films. They could have Dutch
1: ghosts on the front, couldn't they?
0: <laughs> they could have Dutch
1: ghosts on the front. To, easy to represent.
0: You just have, like, someone in a bedsheet, but with, like, one of those little hats on. Yeah, and little clogs.
1: Yeah, ghostly clogs. An orange sheet. <laughs>
0: An orange. And tulips. Ghost tulips. <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. good old stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> they won't want us in Europe. Anyway, yeah, let's jump in, uh, into our normal 1971 examination here. So oh, why should we start? Do you want to start with some music things?
1: Go on then, yeah.
0: Well, let's do the best-selling UK albums of 1971.
1: <sighs> um, 1971.
2: Who's Next by The Who? No. No? no? Well,
0: not in the top ten, any road. Oh, rats. Uh, that was like... Zeppelin... It's one of these things, I don't genuinely think you'd... Two. Is it three, maybe. Three, possibly. Zeppelin but, yeah. three. I just don't know what the patterns were of uh, sort of spending and how big rock albums actually were. Mm. So obviously there were some huge ones, but actually compared to a lot of the big-selling pop albums, mm. were they anywhere close, really? trying yeah. to think what the big-selling pop albums would be in 71 there's certainly one that's very, very famous and that's uh, well thought of by a female singer-songwriter. Uh, tapestry? Tapestry oh, yeah. by Carole King's in yeah. the top ten.
2: Oh, that being the case, is there any James Taylor or anything in there as well?
0: There no. is James Taylor. Can you name the album? F-
2: Mudslide Slim, that one? Whatever if you it's give called. me the
0: full name of the, t- of the album... I-, I can't. Well, you're very close. <laughs> Mudslide Slim and The Blue Horizon by James Taylor. Bridge Over Troubled Water's still at number Mm. one as the biggest selling album. That was a huge selling album. Motown Chartbusters 5. Oh, yeah. Mm. There's a Rolling Stones album in there. Um, Not Sticky Fingers? Yes, Sticky Sticky Fingers. fingers. (laughs) A Moody Blues album.
1: Or, let's think, 71, something like... um, What might it have been, then? Something like... um, it's
0: the sound of guessing.
1: The f- the, 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 for your children's children's children, or whatever it's called. No. Um, <laughs> what about... It wasn't... Uh, what about... I don't know.
0: I tell <laughs> Every me. good boy deserves... <laughs> <laughs> Mentioned children, didn't I? I know. And that album reminds me of driving down from where we used to live in Yorkshire into Scarborough because it was one of the tapes that my dad used to have in the car. Oh. And I remember, perhaps even before listening to it, just looking at the album sleeve in the cassette. So that takes me right back to uh, the the oh. 80s, that does, even though the album obviously came out in the 70s. Huh. And then, yeah, the rest of that sort of best-selling albums of 71, in the UK at least, were Rod Stewart with Every Picture Tells a oh, Story. Said. Oh, yeah. Rod Stewart. Electric Warrior by T-Rex. Oh, yeah. Uh, Andy Williams Greatest Hits, which is another one I think stuck around for a long time. Oh yeah. And Ram by Paul and Linda McCartney. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean you can have a guess at the top ten in America of the week of the publication of the book or the copyright registration of the book. If which was the sixteenth oh, of April, should you care. This the singles. Yeah.
2: Ooh like charting singles mm. in the seventy one. I wouldn't even have a
0: clue. I'm... I'll run it down for you and you can chip in yeah. with chip in with the trivia you'll inevitably know about all of these. <laughs> right. So at number one Joy to the World by Three Dog Night. Ooh. Um, no trivia known. Joy to the World. Uh, yeah.
2: Uh, no, not really.
0: Okay. Number two What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. That's Tremendous. Just a great song. Yeah. Can't go far wrong. Number three Just My Imagination blah 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 by The Temptations. Yeah, lovely. I put dot, 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 because I know it carries on, but I can't remember what the um, next bit of it running is. Running away with me, I oh, think. it, so, yeah. Just my imagination running away. Blah, blah. Uh, She's a Lady by Tom Jones. <laughs> oh. The Loud Welshman Strikes Again. <laughs> Another Day slash O Woman, Oh by Paul McCartney. Oh, very So good. I don't know why that's listed as both of them, unless it was out as a double A side in America. Mm. I don't think it was in the UK. Yeah, Because that, that Oh Woman, Oh like Why, that. and I love Paul McCartney, but O oh Woman, Oh Why is not a great song. <laughs> Whereas Another Day is a fantastic song. Yep. This is an interesting one by Billy Ocean. It's called Put Your Hand in the Hand. Not in my hand. Just the hand. Just the hand.
2: It's not one of his I'm familiar with, I must admit. No, no. Me and Bobby McGee
0: by oh, uh, Janice. Uh, Joplin. The Janice version, yeah. And this is a snappy one. Doesn't Somebody Want to Be Wanted? By The Partridge Family starring Shirley Jones featuring David Cassidy. Bloody yeah. hell, yeah. That's wow. the full official title. <laughs> For All We Know by The Carpenters... And then One Toke Over the Line by Brewer and Shipley. Oof. A song I don't actually know, but I do know it from a reference in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, <laughs> the film version where Dr. Gonzo's basically in a bath out of his skull going, One Toke Over the Line! <laughs> and so on. People will know if they've seen that. Films. <laughs> There's two carry-on films. Oh Folks, we are God. getting near to the end of the run of carry-on films, Nobody I promise you. it will be happier
2: than, than uh, Morgan and it's I. It's going to be a very long gap, and then one day it'll be carry-on
0: Columbus! Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we, be a I, can, I always
1: say carry-on up the Kyber, but it's never the answer. But that well, was that's got to be coming up. Oh, has that that's, that's 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 been? Has gone? gone?
0: Yeah, I think so. Probably one <laughs> of the See, year. I forget instantly, that's the problem. Carry-on... What, did, I think we've
2: s- gone past most of the ones that I know. Yeah. yeah.
1: Just tell us.
0: Well, carry on at your convenience. Oh, oh yeah. you
2: see, I've said that a few times. Yeah. It?
0: It's, it's never been. About trade unions in a toilet factory. Yes, obviously. God, oh, <laughs> <laughs> carry on Henry, which is about King Henry. Oh, yeah. Classic
1: Sid James one, Yeah, that, that I is, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs>
0: Um, that was, laughing, that? It was very good, very very <laughs> authentic. Some, yeah, but there's some very good films out in 1971. It's, uh, things like in America, particularly American films, we had The French Connection. We did, yeah. One of our touchstones for a New York cops, really. Indeed. Yeah. And Dirty Harry comes out. Yeah. One of my absolute favourites. Fiddler on the Roof comes out as a film. Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, <laughs> which is a great Disney film. Which seems somehow older than 1971, mm. but it, it was 1971. Mm. 200 Motels. Oh. Life, Life on the road. road. That's a Frank Zappa film, which I've not watched in years. Me either,
2: but I suspect I can probably still pretty much quote it uh, from start to finish. <laughs>
0: really, I imagine you could. I, has it had a decent release, do you think? Or like a <sighs> Blu-ray or something? I don't
2: know. I mean, probably by now, you'd, you'd think. would I think I've still just got it on um, horrible fuzzy recorded from the TV, VHS.
0: Yeah. If you're a fan of Zappa, particularly the early period of Zappa, then it's a fantastic film to watch. If you're not, it's a terrible film (laughs) and more or less incomprehensible. Yes. I mean,
2: even if you're a big fan, it's still fairly incomprehensible. That's half the joy of it, though. Yeah.
0: Things like Get Carter Come Out, Mm -hmm. Clockwork Orange... Straw dogs. Do you know which Bond film? Um, Diamonds, Diamonds are, are forever. forever. Oh, they said it in <laughs> unison and perfectly correctly as well. That was on TV the other day. Was, and I watched I was, it. I
1: watched it. Yeah, it's always watched.
0: Very silly. So you talk
1: about Van der Valk. That's set in Amsterdam, actually.
0: Yes, there is quite a lot it's in Amsterdam. Bit, yeah. yeah, there was loads of Hammer horror films oh. in 1971, and again, Countess
1: Dracula. Is on there? Uh, what else for seventy one? Scars of Dracula.
0: No, I don't think Scars was that that year. No. A lot of the one. So Hammer obviously got the idea in the early seven late sixties early seventies that they could go down the slightly soft porny route. I mean, they didn't go full full tilt um, shagging, as it <laughs> were, but. They sort of, the rise of films like Emmanuel and things like that sort of a, a, a broadened what people would show on screen a bit. So that's why you get things like Twins of I, Evil, I Countess Dracula, Lust for a Vampire, Gosh. Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde. Were they all 1971?
2: Oh. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Jekyll and Sister Hyde's a bit of a corker. I seem yeah. to recall. What a
1: great!
0: They were great films. Vampire too. Circus. Oh, that's a great yeah. one, like standalone
1: one. Yeah, yeah. that's
2: tremendous. And you also have things like,
1: That must be Hammer's best ever year. Uh, 1971 then <laughs> yeah, especially they're if you're a teenage one. boy they're, they're all absolutely <laughs> brilliant films every single one of them yeah there's
0: also Hands of the Ripper and Blood from the Mummy's Tomb as well so. yeah
1: Blood from the Mummy's Tomb is very good as well yeah. yeah Scars of Dracula was 1970 I just yeah uh,
0: we probably talked about it last night. we did, yeah. did we?
1: yeah well
0: that's why I record this stuff so I don't have to remember it <laughs> um, we will come back to it if I need yeah, to yeah no they're good and there was quite a few big movie adaptations of tv series that started in 1971 this is a bit of a trend in the uk and i think i assume there's an equivalent in america where mm. popular sitcoms get a movie version like of the them dad's made. army film so the original dad's army film comes out in 1970 on the buses on the buses yeah, film yeah. hammer horror's most step uh, <laughs> <Stepped on> <laughs> son have a... Uh, hammer's uh, most
1: <laughs> horrifying film <laughs> <laughs> yes that's the but, but, stepped on son have a, a, a movie
0: had a feel, certainly they yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. are you
2: being served It didn't they
0: so I wonder if, if you're uh, are anywhere else in the world did your popular sitcoms receive the big movie treatment I'm intrigued because several of them did in the UK usually they weren't very good <laughs> they were remakes of early episodes or you know and they were done outside of a studio so there was no, so no laughter or anything like that always a bit strange mm. yeah like, curious the, the, the
1: dad's army films not it's just flat yeah it's
0: it's quite nicely shot it's
2: it's 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 one of the better ones really but it's still a bit odd isn't it yeah
1: yeah
0: so anyway let's move on from that to a little bit about politics and stuff nixon still president in america but relevant to our discussions really although i don't think it's ever reflected in these books so we're dealing with police books Set in ostensibly New York, and they often reflect things that happen like the Miranda Escobedo laws and things like that. But what they, I don't think any of them talk about the equivalent of the Knapp Commission, and that was the commission that was set up to investigate police corruption, and that was yeah. happening in 1971. That was the one that was triggered by Frank Serpico. Mm. And I watched Serpico, the film, for the first time the other day. Oh, right. Fantastic movie.
1: Yeah. I've only seen it once and probably about 10, 15 years ago.
0: But but I don't think in the 87th Precinct books they ever really talk about no. corruption at all. I mean, yeah, you have a couple of bad cops yeah. here but... and there, but none of this taking money from, like, on a on an industrial scale was hap- mm. as was happening in the police force.
1: Well, I kind of mentioned it in there, the, the bar owner guy saying, oh, he already has to pay the... Oh yeah, there's Fire a bit, a brigade, bit of grift, The 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 hmm. sheriff on the beat, Andy Parker, if he's there. But yeah, not yeah,
2: the no, whole not on, on that kind of scale. That that's definitely more of a James O'Roury kind
1: of territory yeah, to I get into, so, isn't yeah. it?
0: So that's quite an interesting bit of what's going on in you know, in America in terms relevant to what we're talking about. In the UK, we have our uh, Prime Minister Edward Heath, and we have decimalisation.
1: Yeah. it'll never catch on. No,
0: well. It is an interesting thing, really, because this obviously happened well before we were were born. But we were born, you know, to the generation that had to deal with <laughs> a total change in the system of money that you were used to and had been <laughs> around for a long time. And I don't think anything like that's happened particularly anywhere else in the modern world. Mm-mm. Sort of, I know currencies have shifted, like from individual currencies to the euro, but they were all decimalized currencies anyway. Absolutely, yeah. But from go from, to go from pounds, shilling, and pence yeah. to just pounds and pence, the weird old system of things like guineas and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Half oh, crown. It's, it's so 12,
1: baffling. 12, Twelve
0: florins to a groat. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been explained to me loads of times, and it's so baffling. Well, if you it's talk to
0: like... our parents, because they grew up with it, it's just so natural to them, yeah. even now, to sort of mm. go, there were so many pennies in a pound, and it just doesn't make any sense. Not and, at but all. this was equivalent, to, and, Oh, it's just... Why? I just don't
1: know. Was it 12 shillings in a pound? And then was it there
0: 100?
1: There was 100 pence in a shilling,
0: wasn't there? No. 100 pence <laughs> in a... I, see, I don't know. I There'll don't be people know. yelling at um, their podcast app. Old, old people. <laughs> and by old people, I mean people who were seven years older than us, <laughs> <Yeah. those. laughs> potentially. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that was a huge thing. It was interesting. I've got one infrastructure thing. Whoa.
1: And was the Humber Bridge 1971?
0: Well, no. <laughs> but it That was... was in the
1: 70s. That's coming up. Well, I'm going to say can... that for the next uh, umpteen episodes
0: okay. until I'm
1: told <laughs> I'm right.
0: It was actually something in Liverpool. Right, okay. Uh, Second Mersey Tunnel. Yes, it was. It was the Kingsway Tunnel opened in 1971. Excellent. So in Liverpool, we're the proud uh, owners. Owners? What am I talking about? Mm. We have mm. two tunnels underneath the river mersey
1: i think it was the most expensive tunnel ever built <laughs> the king's way when they completed it yeah well it took something like six T- years to build I two think. two dual carriageways under the river
0: yeah it's true hmm. it still works you go in one end you come out the other you So do. all we can ask really isn't We've it got yes. a
1: junction in the middle of it it's very exciting
0: very <laughs> mysterious. This is the st- this is the stuff, isn't it? <laughs> it you know, really I, ca- is.
1: I cannot believe this has been relegated to the bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's an absolute scandal.
0: Well, that's the case. I'm not going to go any further into it. I think we've we've covered everything that happened in 1971, and there was absolutely nothing other than those few things that we <laughs> <you> talked about. <laughs> but we do need to talk about who we would cast in our fantasy version of 87th Precinct. All right, yeah. And we talked about Detective Arthur Brown.
1: We did. Oh, yeah. Now,
0: in the books, he's described as being about six foot four, 220 pounds, which I believe is about 14, 15 stone. Big guy. Then. He's a big fella. Character wise, we know he's a, he's a family man, but he can sort of, like in the jigsaw, he plays up to his ethnic background. To he can, He'll play up to anything to get a huh. result. But well, he's very. He can eager. be strong and sort of dangerous looking, but he's. You know, he's otherwise he's solid, dependable.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He, he can sort of can turn on that side of himself if he needs to, but it's not. That's not yeah. really kind of. Uh, how how old are we thinking he is? I I think I always imagine all of the detectives as we being old. a little bit older than they're actually written. I yeah, suspect. I
1: think so. Well, in this, when Mayor Mayor says he's thirty-seven, he like but he's thirty-seven the, through the entire thirty-seven.
2: Because yeah. uh, I'm, I'm guessing uh, Arthur Brown is, is quite a bit younger than
0: that. I reckon he? he'd be about thirty. I, yeah, Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. I, I no. wouldn't have thought he's going to be
1: older than that. Well, not only logically, I, would, I would say he was. I think if anything, slightly older than Mayor Mayor. I would you say,
0: reckon? yeah, yeah,
1: not younger. Certainly not seven years younger. Oh, he does he, doesn't, well, he never? It, he never comes across as uh, as a, a junior partner I was, in, in anything. No, but you also have to remember
0: things like if you're using things like family as a measure, people tended to start families younger, younger. than as well. He's got yeah. a seven-year-old daughter by this point, so it would be likely that you would start that family in his. Early 20s, oh, yeah. so...
1: Yeah, maybe them.
0: I was, I was
2: wondering if they actually mentioned kind of what age he was at any point, but I don't think... I don't think it has been off the top of my head.
0: He's never played particularly young on, on any of the adaptations that exist mm. so far. And I shared a, a sort of little yeah. picture grid of people who've played him so far on screen. Not masses of them, because he's actually been skipped over in a few of the adaptations. Ooh. Like... You know, the TV series. But then they reduced the cast down to four for that anyway, ostensibly anyway. So we did get some suggestions in for okay. people that could play him, people thought. So, and I've got a couple of suggestions myself. And one of the obvious ones is, especially when you talk about the 1970s, is Richard Roundtree, who played mm-hmm. Shaft.
1: And he's you, You'd need him to be like total hard bastard all the time though, wouldn't you, if it was Richard Roundtree, I would say.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's... You can, you can have a cuddly Richard <laughs> <laughs> No, Well, yeah, I don't think he's Arthur like Brown's rude. cuddly, particularly, but he's... I think but he's not, he, I don't know. He's, I think he's nice, generally, to be yeah. Arthur yeah. Brown, but it's... But yeah. the thing with Richard Roundtree, he was like, he was a tall man, you mm-hmm. know, he's a big fella, quite imposing, anyway.
1: Richard Roundtree's like the equivalent of, like, Clint Eastwood or somebody, isn't mm-hmm. he's Yeah. He's like a... You know, I agree. You know. No, I agree. Yeah. Stone, if you if he did face, want him to betray of like... us
2: off the side at any point, you might be in bother. Yeah. It, yeah.
1: If, but if you wanted him full on, just full kind on, of, kind
2: yeah. of, yeah.
0: Someone else suggested a chap called Tay Diggs, who I don't really know, but I definitely will have seen him in stuff. He was in, a, in yeah, he did a lot bell. on Broadway. He was in Empire, Murder in the First, Ali McBeal. This was our Twitter friend um, who's got the best. Twitter name at the moment, Kendgame Game, at Ian's Dad 47. What's the name of this person? Tay Diggs, G S T
1: A like the River Tay.
0: With an E on it.
1: Dig. oh. it oh, came up then. Hold ooh, on, ooh, I'm, I'm ooh. doing some... Uh...
0: This is what, so if you're in... If... Oh, yes, Let's... yes, yes. Let's <laughs> see. Well, you can have a look at my picture of in oh. there, so... My oh. problem is my picture I've got of him is he's wearing a lovely bow tie and nice glasses. So yeah, he's- opposite to Richard Roundtree, he looks too nice.
1: This <laughs> yeah, guy. I
0: agree. Yeah. He looks too nice, maybe a bit too handsome as well. Yeah, <laughs> and also, so another suggestion we received from Stella. Hello, Stella. I will say one thing, Stella. It's a fairly obvious suggestion these days, but I will also say another thing, a pretty damn good one. Who oh, is this? It's uh- Mike Coulter, who played Luke Cage. Yeah because if you want someone who, who is big mike who? mike Coulter if you haven't watched all of the marvel things then <laughs> you probably won't know who he is that's not him man. <laughs> that's that's a white man I was say. Coulter. I haven't spelled any colter how do you spell his surname c o l t e r or just C-O-L-T-E-R. look up luke
1: cage oh Coulter, i was going to say that's why i wasn't <laughs> saying anything cuz i thought well
0: oh hmm. yeah the left field suggestion of a slightly portly white man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the fella. Right, okay. it's, yeah, it's he's,
2: not a bad call.
0: I would like to see him because I know he can do that sort of. I mean, Luke Cage. The problem with some of those Marvel TV things is they're all a bit. Uh, too. don't, you don't know. See Stupid photos. Right, okay. But, the problem with some of the Marvel TV things is they, they can be a little bit one dimensional yeah. because they, they drag out a story and they don't actually get time yeah. to play the highs and lows of comedy and drama necessarily. Mm. Um, but I th- always think it, thought he was very, very good. Yes. I think he could be sort of um, very interesting a, a bit of casting. And I've forgotten who suggested yeah. John Boyega and Daniel Kalua. kalu God, I don't know who say Kalua. John Boyega will know he plays Finn in Star mm. Wars.
2: Now he's definitely be be, be a younger
0: um, yeah, Arthur Brown. If he was going now, but we're fantasy casting for, you know, well, yeah, whenever it happens. And Daniel Kaluuya played in Get Out In he was in Black Panther and Psychoville. Yes. They're both absolutely yeah. brilliant British actors. Mm-hmm. And I've got a couple of actually quite good photos of them here as well. So if I just show you those, I mean, when I show you these photos, you can imagine them. Yeah. Perhaps in those sorts of roles. Yeah, potentially. Looking pretty good. Cool. They look very smart. Mmm. What smart young men they are! Indeed. Indeed. So my suggestions are: now, have you seen Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yes. Yeah. You <laughs> would. It's not Terry Crews. You see, no. you'd think it'd be Terry Crews because if you want a big, a big guy who's,
2: I, th- I think a slightly younger Terry Crews
0: would have been possibly. absolutely cracking. But actually, a younger Andre Braw, the guy who oh, plays the captain, Captain yeah, Holt. Yeah.
2: I love him as well. He's tremendous.
0: He was in a series in the early '90s called Homicide: Life on the Streets, mm. playing a, 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 a cop as well, a detective. So, and I think he would have been brilliant there. Yes. There's also a fantastic actor called Chiwetel Ejiofor, who was in I think came to prominence in a film called Amistad, oh, a Steven yeah. Spielberg film. He was in a very good film called Dirty Pretty Things, and he was the sort of antagonist in Doctor Strange. He's very good as well. He's British. And you can't escape the fact that if you're talking about prominent actors, black actors in this case, Idris Elba, for his work in The Wire alone, mm. you know, it's... I don't like the fact that he sort of gets put up for everything. I mean, he is brilliant. Yeah. He's great, and he's, he's a very commanding presence on screen, but obviously they sort of like, who's going to be the next James Bond? It will be Idris Elba no matter what! <laughs> <laughs> It's, Who's going to be the next everything? Yeah, he is, but you know he's, yeah. he's got the sort of build and yeah. skill to do it as well. Yeah, and I can't help but feeling that the character of Torian uh, that was played by the actor Torian Black, that was a stage name, by the way, it was the detective in Hill Street Blues. He would have been brilliant. Yeah, well, I'll show you some of the pictures here. Of these yep. fine gentlemen. Indeed. So those are my suggestions. Cool. There's, just, there's so many good
2: actors. There are a lot of good actors. And there's a brilliant
0: sort of new generation of younger actors coming through, like like John Boyega as yeah. well. My my
2: thought, uh, my other thought for another kind of um, sort of younger Arthur Brown, um, O'Shea Jackson Jr., I, I, I'm... Uh, Quite fond of. Um, What's he been in? Uh, well, notably um, Straight Out of Compton oh, playing, yeah, playing yeah. his dad. Oh, right, um, right. But also, I saw him uh, recently in Ingrid Goes West, um, where obviously in, in Straight Out of Compton he's playing just kind of like very much like the tough kind of like gangster rapper, but then he kind of had, showed a softer side in Ingrid Goes, Goes West. Really good. I think he could kind of handle both sides of of the Arthur Brown personality. And I could also totally see him because, particularly if we are setting this series in in the seventies initially, you're yeah. going to want Arthur Brown to occasionally have like a little bit of the kind of black exploitation kind of character, but not so much that he's just a, a sort of one-liner stereotype.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that that was my oh, other that's thought. good suggestion. That I think as well. Steve, we've got anything in the? Yeah, well, I'm a bit stymied bank?
1: by my. Um... Thoughts that he he's older. Well, no, that's interesting. I, mean. I, I see him as quite a, a senior guy, really, and he, he's not my pick. But I think Danny Glover deserves a mention, certainly.
0: Uh, at one point, because, I think he would have been, yeah, he because, would have been. prime, yeah, cause, prime candidate. Because he's
1: got the mustache. Yeah, he, I don't know. He, um, yeah, and if you're having somebody slightly older, even if back in the you know eighties or whatnot, surely some research on the 87th precinct must have gone on for those movies you would have thought. Quite possibly. And, uh, and, uh, casting, casting of. I, I always think
0: with Danny Glover he carries himself with a certain maturity regardless of when you see him mm. really. He's, he's... There's never one for... You but, think, oh, he's a youthful... Uh, but the guy I,
1: the guy I instantly thought of, and I admit that I didn't know his name, but I've seen him in all sorts of stuff, he's a guy called Frank McRae that I know from Licence to Kill, or Living Day Licence to Kill. This guy... You'll have seen him in all sorts of stuff. Now, he is exactly exactly what I have in my head. He's the face of Arthur Brown in in your mind. He is, absolutely.
0: He's in Batteries Not Included. He says the line, Batteries Not Included, and makes me cry.
1: (laughs) He's in all sorts of stuff, and he's really tall, and he has the moustache, and he's quite friendly, and, yeah, I just, I don't know, yeah.
0: So but he looks that. like he could still smash your face in. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's uh,
1: that's what I have in my head anyway. I think there's Put some good cause.
0: I don't know. I don't know whether we we've, we've and landed. He's still alive and he's
1: seventy five. So he might he might be up, <laughs> he might be up for it.
0: <laughs> I don't know. We might we might have to off air select two or three folks because I don't think I can settle on on one here. Unless you guys can. Well, um, I
1: think, I don't know, I get the feeling we need to make a decision. Oh, that's true. uh, I I do like my Frank uh, McRae, uh, I must admit. Um, I do like Bauger back in the day.
0: Good old Andre. It's a tricky one. So many good candidates. Uh,
2: Are we talking in terms of... of for, for our actual series which is definitely actually going forward.
1: Well, I like of, it. I'm uh, like it on the basis of those. I I am liking Mike Coulter. I think Mike I Coulter think Mike would be, might get it
2: be getting be the cracking. It's yeah. uh, kind of I think in terms of his sort of age and the kind of air of maturity he's got he, he kind of bridges the gap between yeah. our our different ideas of of the age of the character as yeah, well. So
1: and I I'm I'm not certain I've ever seen him on screen but fr- from uh, those not still there. He he. Uh, he would get my vote out of those. Nine. Well, I think
0: then in this case, it's Stella's suggestion that's that's well. Let's put it this way. He's not doing any more um, Luke Cage, is he? No, because all the Marvel TV series have been shut down on Netflix, haven't they? Yep. So um, he's free. So we great. So, <laughs> so, he's so, definitely... so who's
1: he joining in the cast? Um, um, oh, what's his face? J.K. Uh, Simmons.
0: J.K. Simmons. Yeah. First man I casted. Was to, I was about to call him J.K. Rowling. <laughs> J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling Yeah.
1: <laughs> that would be
0: interesting. Yeah. So who? So who we? Who we? Who we have who next, next? Cast, casted? <sighs> Do we what? go for a big name? I mean, Arthur Brown's quite a big name. He is. Yeah. Should we have a slightly lesser
1: name next time? Go on then. You can uh, choose who we'll cast. Bob O'Brien.
0: Okay. So. As a real key interesting supporting character I reckon Bob O'Brien could and should
1: the, be of which there might be virtually no physical descriptions I
0: feel like there must be some like, I think there's a little bit I'll I'll dig it out what I can find and we'll see what we can do about casting the unluckiest cop on the squad Detective Bob O'Brien so yeah. get your thinking trousers Cause on because he'll never
1: be that prominent in any story uh, and therefore but these are the glue that hold yeah. a good cast oh, yeah. together exactly yeah yeah so there we exactly.
0: go. I think I can hear the phone ringing. I suspect it might be Hollywood.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, Bob O'Brien next year. Brilliant.
0: Excellent stuff. Well, I think we're done here then. Next time, we'll be talking about the book Sadie When She Died and on the bonus podcast, who you'd cast as Bob O'Brien. So until then, I'm going to say ta-ra. ta Goodbye. Fare thee well.